Swim Talkers and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week I chat to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. Before I introduce today's guest, don't forget to take a listen to our latest episode of TST Quick Splash. It's got some great meet reports, an awesome training session for open water swimming and a personal reflection that you might find useful in your own swimming. And as I mentioned in TST, if you have a meet reflection that you would like to share with us, don't be shy in sending in a voice memo recording to our email at torpedoswimtalk, which is all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com, and you might find yourself featured on the next TST Quick Splash. And now for today's guest. She hails from Wisconsin in the USA, but resides now in sunny California, where she swims fast, teaches yoga, and exudes positivity and vitality. I welcome US Masters champion from the recent Spring Nationals, Trina Katz, to the pod. Thank you, Mark. Hi, Trina. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. How are you, Danielle? Yeah, really well today. Where are you coming to us from in the US? So today you're finding me in Huntington Beach, California. Ah, okay. And do you live there permanently or do you move around a fair bit? Yeah, I've actually just moved here in the last couple of years. My daughter is a swimmer and student at UCLA, and I followed her out here um, a couple of years ago and got permanent. Before that, I was in Wisconsin, which is in the middle of the United States, the Midwest, we call it, kind of near Chicago. Um, so much colder and uh, different practicing swimming life inside instead of outside most of the year. So it was very different. I've had a change of my swim self where I practice and all those things. Yeah, well, you've ended up in a beautiful part of the world. So it's um, really conducive to swimming outside, isn't it, in California? Yes, it's beautiful. Like your picture there, like that looks like a beautiful pool that you are at. Is that the pool that you swim at regularly? That's one, one of the pools I swim at, yes. Yeah, so we're very lucky in Melbourne. We do have a lot of 50-metre um, outdoor heated pools, so you can swim all around. It does get cold in Melbourne. It's heading into our winter now and it's starting to get pretty cold, but the water temperature is always about 28 degrees Celsius. So you can't do that computation oh, though. Yes, no, I, I, I can't think in Fahrenheit, so don't worry. I'm sure it's similar, but in Wisconsin, we only have about two months of outdoor practice, two to three. So it's, it's definitely a blessing to be here in California for sure. Did you grow mm. up in Wisconsin? Yes, I did. So I started swimming when I was six years old. Um, in fact, my dad, I just now I'm having a flashback to that. We, I was in uh, first or second grade and my uh, teacher sent home a flyer, like a you know paper in your backpack or whatever. And it was about the swim team. And my dad must have unpacked the stuff that night and he found it and he said, hey, do you want to join the swim team and I said sure and so that was how it all started I just got that flyer at school nobody else in my family was a swimmer nobody oh that's great I, I hear that so often people just have that little some sort of random event ends, ends them up in swimming and they just fall in love with it which is you know what happens when you when you're a kid and you, and you start doing it and you have that sort of that wonder it's beautiful I would I loved the first practice I was so excited there were um the coach was real tall. I remember, you know, when you're so little, I'm sure he wasn't very tall, but he was like a huge giant to me, you know, and we all um, made a line. So we got in a little queue at, you know, at the end of the lane and it was maybe 10 or 12 people. And we were doing 25 yards, which we do here, right? The 
sword or swim. And uh, I was in the back of the line and you'd take your turn and then you'd get back in line again. And I was getting so tired. We probably did 10, but it wasn't enough for us. For myself. And I hated it so much. I told my dad, I said, I don't want to go back. It was too hard. And he said, well, how about you try it for two weeks? And then if you still hate it, you can quit. And I, I never, ever quit. So yeah. it was good of him. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. I like that story. And did you swim right throughout high school and, and into college? Yeah. So um, our, we call it an age group team here in the U.S. So we swam um, I'd never stopped from that time. So like second grade, all the way into high school. And then, uh, the high school I went to, there were two community, um, high schools that were rivals. So all of us from the same club went to two different teams. So we were all friends during the club season. And then we were enemies or whatever, you know, during the high school season. And then I did some in college too. Um, I swam division three here for the NC2A at a college called Wheaton College. And that's in Illinois. So I hopped one state. <laughs> that was as far as I got. And then um, after college, I, I didn't have the feeling like I'll never swim again, but I just didn't know where I would swim. And so I took a little break and I started coaching. I was a teacher, so I was teaching and coaching and just kind of swimming a little on the side. And then after, um, you know, I, I got engaged, we got married and had kids. And, and then I joined a master's team after that, like when the kids are real little. So. So what was the first master's team you belonged to? In, that was in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin. So my club team growing up was called the New Berlin Dolphins. Nice. <laughs> and then uh, um, at the time that I swam there, um, our coach had left and many of our swimmers went to a team called Elmbrook. And uh, so when I came uh, away from college and started coaching I started coaching at Elmbrook and so I knew that they had a master's program that was starting um, and I joined that team when I was ready to do that yeah and it's a big group it's a really big group of really fun people so I was blessed to have that community club that I could join yeah I think that's that's the reason that most people sort of fall back in love with master swimming isn't it that whole sense of community and that as you were talking about when you when you're little and you start swimming I feel like you get that back when you're an adult and you have time to go back to your you know your first love in a way yes the Elmbrook swim club was so great because the master's team would help with the little eight and under meets. So all the, we would always be the timers and the, you know, officials and the, you know, helpers on the deck. And it just brought that delight from when you were little, like, oh, this is such a great sport. I can give back to these little teeny people. <laughs> yeah. no, and I, I also think it's, it's wonderful because you can do it, you can do it for your whole life. You can't, you can't always run. If you're a runner, you can't always run. No, because it's such a high impact sport, but swimming, you can continue doing that. I mean, I know at your recent US Spring Nationals, you had a 99 year old lady doing freestyle. We have a similar kind of thing in Australia. We had a 95 year old lady who competed as well. And it's amazing. I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone in my personal life who's 90 anything that I would let near a pool. <laughs> but I'm so glad that these people have, it seems so relaxing to watch them swim too. Her backstroke just looked like the most wonderful, luxurious swim. I thought I need to let myself swim like that a little more. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, 
and obviously you moved out to California. What, what has been the difference you've noticed between masters in Wisconsin and masters in California? Yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot of differences, actually, I think. In Wisconsin, um, we don't have a lot of pools. We have a lot of pools, but not comparatively. Um, and so um, there's not as many master's clubs that are running and everyone knows each other. So in the whole state, there's probably 500. Now there's probably more than that, 600 swimmers. Um, and everyone kind of knows who each other are, especially the ones who are competitive. And I think the whole state feels like a team. You know, we do things together. We compete at our national meets together. We did. Um, and everyone really, it felt very close. In California, there's as many teams as you can imagine. Um, and it's a much bigger state, more teams, more area. You know, there's Northern California and Southern California and even more Southern California and so many teams. Um, still that same camaraderie and the fun community, but just the sheer numbers make it hard to know everybody. So I've had to get involved in all the meets and we haven't had so many meets because of the COVID stuff. So I only was able to swim like one or two meets this year before nationals, maybe three. Um, and so I'm starting to recognize faces, the new faces. Um, so I guess the sheer numbers is one thing. Um, competing or practicing outside all the time is very different. I thought it was going to be glorious, but like, you know, there is a time where it's cold. <laughs> I mean, so it's, I didn't know that you, uh, nobody takes their shoes off. Like I, at, at Wisconsin, if I go in an indoor pool, you know, you take your clothes off. Who cares when your shoes are off? Here, you know, you go to an early morning practice, everyone's standing with their shoes on and their coats on. <laughs> and I just drip down and they're like, don't do it. <laughs> they were right. So yeah, the whole, the whole knowing what you take off first in an outdoor climate when it's winter, that was new. Um, I think the training, you know, it really, that is, it just crosses all those lines, right? When you uh, join a team and there's a coach who's really invested, I think that that is whatever it is based on the coach. So you need to know the kind of coaching that you need. Do you like a very hands-off coach or a very hands-on coach? You know, are you a distance swimmer or a sprinter? Do they train for, you know, meets or open water or whatever, you know, it's hard to find a good fit. And um, I think both Wisconsin and California offered the coaching environment that I really needed. I've had the luxury of having a lot of great coaches. So yeah, which which coaching sort of style do you prefer? Hands off or involved? Yeah, it depends. Hands on when they're happy with me and hands off when they're not. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no, right. so I do really like hands-on. In fact, today I, I swam this afternoon and we were doing a pretty challenging set. And my coach, uh, Mike Collins from uh, Nova Aquatics, he was right there on me the whole time. And I thought, oh, like this would have been great back in the day. But I was like, oh, I can't even sneak a little slow one right now. <laughs> he was really on it. So I appreciated it on the inside. On the outside, I was like, oh, my goodness. That's a lot to have you there. But I, we all need to not have our our strokes erode. It happens so very quickly. I've noticed that when no one's paying attention, I do all sorts of crazy things. So yes. I like that coach there. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I just I just started training a few months ago under just one session a week with a, a new coach, and he's very very big on technique. 
and oh, it really you know uh, changing something that you've done for such a long time and a bad habit yeah. is very hard to get out of but he's on my yeah. back every time that's so in good a nice, in a nice way but it did i did right. notice it helped when i went to our aussie nationals and i thought i did do what he told me to do in in one instance <laughs> that's good and you do yeah. think of it i mean these coaches know it's the same as it's always been right it's that little voice in your head so yeah. you know reminding you of the things you need to think of all the time that's critical yeah and you mentioned you had a challenging set this afternoon share with us oh, what yeah. that was yeah was so we um typically we have well we offer a lot of practices out here that's the other difference in wisconsin we had a tuesday night and a thursday night and sometimes a saturday here there's a practice every day and there's a couple in the morning and a couple in the afternoon so i went to the afternoon workout and on thursdays it's called big thursday <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I went, I, you know, you can pick and choose sometimes, but my work schedule this week has been like, well, I got to go to Big Thursday because I need to get in the water. So the set was, um, well, my version of the set, he gave a little two modifications, but I did a 200 and then it was followed by um, two 50s in the first round, those two 50s were kicked. And then in the second round, you did another 200 and oh, that was pull. And then it was followed by the 250s kick and then 250s drill. And so we're adding, right? So then the next round, it was a 200 and it was 250s kick, 250s drill, 250s swim. And then we did two more rounds and it increased to 450s swim and then 650s swim. And all the 50s were, um, they were kind of a minute. We were supposed to do them a little faster. By the last round, I was like, I have to do these on a minute. So <laughs> it was super challenging, but. Oh, it was good. It was an aerobic 200, kind of slow and smooth, and then some good stroke work, which I did breaststroke. So it was, it was a good set for me. Yeah, it sounds like a good one. I like it. And what? Um, how many people do you have in Nova Aquatics of, across all the sessions? Mm, I wonder fun? if I know that answer. It's a lot. I don't know how many are um, signed up for the whole team, but in a practice, the morning practices are very popular because people want to do them prior to work or whatever. And then the afternoon ones can be popular too, because they're right on a lunch hour. Um, I happen to be able to take a break in my work day right then. So it works out just great in my schedule and, and some others there too. So I'm going to guess oh, 12, there's at least like 35 or 40 people at a practice, I'm going to guess, in the mornings and the afternoons probably a little less. We can sometimes in the afternoon split lanes. Um, maybe there's two or three or four in the lane and in the mornings there's many more sometimes up to six people in the lane and we have quite a few lanes so yeah and do you train in short course yards at the moment or yes we do yeah. and we'll split the pool up um, I don't I'm too new to the group to know what seasons they always get the long course I, it's usually the summer when they it depends on the age group team there's a big age group team that's using the pool and so the masters kind of get whatever the age group is doing. So I'm assuming that they'll start switching more to long course um, in the spring and summer months that we're having now. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and how often do you get to the pool each week? Like what's a, a regular week? Well, um, so I used to be, you know, three times I'd have a practice in Wisconsin and then it was whatever you did on your own. Now I can get a practice all the time. So I probably go four times 
sometimes six times a week, not usually six. That's a lot on my sprinter self and my shoulders, but um, I'm dating a swimmer. So if he's going, I'm going, it's kind of yes. like a thing. So we, one of us <laughs> wants to go, the other one might just go. So it depends, but probably four. Four. Yeah, that's, that's a good number. And do you top that up with any strength work outside the pool? Yeah, I like to lift weights. Um, I, but I find that I combine my weightlifting with yoga. I'm actually a yoga instructor and, um, I had for some years, maybe the past seven years or so, I've been, um, doing a program called swimmer's edge yoga and people were using my online swim workouts for training, which was cool, but I, the yoga and the weights to me help me keep mobility and strength at the same time. So I tend to. I work in like sets of two weights. So I might do an arm set with a leg set. And then in between those two, I'll do a yoga pose or something like that, or a couple of motions. So I really feel like that's been helping me stay limber while I'm lifting. Um, I'm not worried about not being limber while I'm lifting, but it just feels much better. I feel like I stay much more attuned to my body while I'm doing the weightlifting. So I like those three. I, I do like to run also, but that's a hit or miss now these days. Too much going on. I hear you. How about yeah. you? Do you do you, what do you do on the side? I don't know if I know that answer. Do you do other things? I try to do strength work, but um, I mean, my main focus is for four times. Yeah, four times in the pool, and I would try. I my, my ultimate goal would be three strength sessions, but that doesn't always happen. If I do one, I'm I'm thinking that's pretty good, but yeah, I like to get it into three if I could but yeah like you I I do sort of Pilates type um moves I sometimes go to a Pilates studio or I do stuff by myself at home um but yeah I really like stretching and being flexible as well I think that's really important as a swimmer yeah I we try to go I, I definitely go one weight session a week like you said it's like you can for sure get there for that um and I do one yoga at home probably on my own if I can't get to the gym, but otherwise we'll go twice to the gym probably. And um, everybody kind of got weightlifting equipment at home during COVID, didn't we? So we kind of have a home gym that's not yeah. really a home gym. So yeah. some, sometimes it's just about 20 minutes in the backyard in the garage. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, same. How did, how did COVID affect you um, in California? Were you able to get outside mm -hmm. in the open water or? Um, yes, that's, that's actually yeah. a good point. Yep. We did, we did do some more ocean swimming. It's not my first love. Um, I do love it, but I didn't know what to do with myself. It was freezing, first of all, at that time. So I'm swimming in a really thick wetsuit, which doesn't lend for swimming the way I'm used to swimming. So I had to get used to that. Um, our pools were closed for, I'm going to say I was without a pool probably for two months, although I have a really good story about that, if I can hold that. Yes, please. Um, and then, yeah, and then um, we, we belonged to a private athletic club here in Southern California that was letting members come one person to a lane. Um, and, and opened up only for that, only outside activities. They moved all of their weights equipment outside. They, you know, they made it really available. And a lot of people didn't have access to a pool yet. And then our um, club started having the reservations. Maybe you did the same. I've heard lots of people where you'd sign up for a slot half an hour or 45 minutes. 
So that was really, that was the biggest challenge for me was going from an hour and a half practice or an hour and 15 minutes down to like a 30 minute. Whoop, there it was. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I wasn't getting in the things that, you know, we needed to, but we all just were thinking, well, that's what everybody's doing. Yes. I really feel like different people did okay with that kind of training and others of us <laughs> things eroded. I don't know. It was like, we all had sort of the same opportunities, not really, but, you know, limited, we were all limited in some way. And some people really, really made it through really well. So that was pretty cool. I know at, at um, we were locked down for in Melbourne for two, three month periods, once in 2020, once in 2021. So here we, we did swim, it was during our winter. So we did swim in the ocean, but it was nine degrees Celsius, which is whatever Fahrenheit was cold, cold. cold, very cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when the pools did open, it was for 40, 45 minutes. Okay, yep. And we would book the 45 minutes and then we'd have to leave the center, go out and go back and then go back again. <laughs> so we were so you back in. I mean, how terrible that you had to go out and come in, but oh, I know that would never let us stay. No, you can't stay. You can't stay. Oh, You've got to go no. out. <laughs> but, you oh, know. My goodness. Oh. <laughs> and you, you mentioned you were going to, you had a good story. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's oh, a yeah. very good story. In fact, probably <clears throat> it's probably the best story I heard in COVID. <laughs> I mean, for this. So um, at the time I was living in another city called Long Beach, which is a little north of me. And it's a really cute little, it's a big town, but the area I'm in is smaller and you can get to the beach. It's very close. And I would walk all the time, even before COVID on the beach um, path or strand or boardwalk, whatever you want to say. And there's these beautiful homes. I mean, the biggest, most beautiful beachfront homes there and of course everyone who walks is either living there or ogling at it looking you know like wow these are so amazing but there was this home that I'd passed a million times and I knew um the wall had like those square glass windows like glass block that you can't see through but they're just glass they let the light through and I knew that there was a pool back there I just felt it <laughs> and so one time I had stood upon the the seawall and looked up over and sure enough, there was a lane, like a lap lane. It was beautiful. And so even before COVID, I knew that was there. And so anyway, that you know, we went on and all of a sudden COVID was here and nobody was going anywhere. And we were all kind of panicking. Like no one knew, what does this mean? Will I ever be in a pool? How long is this going to take? What, you know, what does it look like? So I think I had gone, I don't remember. I said like, it was probably 12 days without. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. And I thought, yes, it was. It's for all of us who swim, it was like, what am I going to do? And my, I live in this little apartment with my daughter at the time because she was, she couldn't be at UCLA. So we're in this tiny little space in each other's way and I'm crabby and everything. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, I'm going to ask that person if I can swim in their pool. And, she was like, what? <laughs> and so I asked the boyfriend, I was like, Steve, I'm going to ask this. Do you think I'm crazy? And he's like, no, I think you should try. So I wrote this letter. <laughs> I said, dear so-and-so, you know, whatever, you know, please don't be alarmed. I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> I know that you have a pool. I can tell that it's beautiful. I'm a swimmer. You know, I swim every day, this whole crazy situation. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to lose my mind. I feel like I might. <laughs> 
you know, I'd be happy to pay you to swim in your pool at any time of day, like five in the morning, midnight, whatever, um, any amount of money. I like, I think I even wrote like a thousand. <laughs> and then I left my number and she, um, her name is Judy and she texted me and she said, Tina, hi, my name is Judy. Um, I'm, I, I can tell you're not a crazy person. You're welcome to come swim in my pool. All I ask is that you find a waiver that says you won't sue me if something happens. <laughs> Wrong. Um, and I'll give you a key and you can just squirt the door with the bleachy stuff and clean it when you leave. You can come whenever you want. So I got access to this beautiful pool. I mean, it's glorious in her home she would go up to the very top of the house and read the paper and say hello and I would be swimming laps she didn't heat it so it was also cold as cold as the ocean but it was a lane like a, a lane <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful and so I said I'm gonna have to send you a picture I will email you the picture of what this pool looked like because somebody got word of it and they came and they took a drone photograph of me swimming in the pool while she was sitting on her roof and the ocean right there. Oh, wow. And what it's a great beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. That's she's an angel. <laughs> I think that COVID, you know, in a lot of ways that obviously we all had a lot to deal with, but I think there's been some lovely stories like that that have come out of it where people, you know, your neighbors that you mightn't have spent time sort of getting to know, you know, now people are helping with those kind of things. And I think it's, you know, really centered around your immediate community as well. I, I feel like there's that goodwill there now. Yes, I think so too. We all work together. Um, people that you, you know, were at practice with and you just saw them as another person there, yep. you know, suddenly you had to be in a lane with somebody you maybe never met because you were at reserved at the same time or whatever. Everybody was trying to make it work for everybody else, I think. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And swimmers just worldwide just wanted to be in the water. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. Everybody was feeling the same way and hoping that it did become hard when you knew other people weren't in the water and you were fortunate enough to be. It was like, oh, my goodness, don't take this for granted. This is, a, you know, a real blessing. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you recently competed at the U.S. Spring Nationals and won the yep. 50 freestyle. Congratulations. In your yeah, thank group. you. Thank you. Happy you. with that swim? Yeah, you know, I'm happy with the swim. I did two more 50s that weekend in a relay. Yep. And I had very good relay swims. That particular swim, I'm very proud that I won because it was by the skin of my teeth. My competitors were equally fast. Um, I didn't execute many of my swims very well at all. My personal races, like my starts were weird. And my, you know, I think we just haven't been racing enough. I did not realize yeah. how much that race practice makes a huge difference. So my starts were weird. I had funny turns. I didn't know when I was going to feel tired because I haven't raced. You know, it just was all off kilter for me. So I guess to say I'm so happy that I actually won a 50 freestyle because everything wasn't coming together. I was happy about that for sure. <laughs> Do you enjoy swimming the short course yards or would you prefer a, a long course meters 50? You know, that's interesting because all my life I have preferred short course yards. Um, but when I do turns that badly, <laughs> I wish I could just swim in a straight line. Um, so I probably will enjoy the long course a little better this 
season. I don't know about other sprinters. Um, I'm a very, we say in the United States, a drop dead sprinter. I don't know if that translates to you guys too. Okay. But pretty much if there was a 25, I'd be better at that than my 50. As fast as you can go, as short as you can go, that's how I go. So long course has always been a challenge for me to understand my energy because I just go and it's a little bit different. So yeah, I, pr I prefer the short course yards, but I think I can get better at the meters now that I know what I'm after. <laughs> yeah. How many how many breaths would you take in a long course meters? 50, for example? Mm, probably two. Two, yeah. probably two. Maybe three in my 50s. I'm almost 50, so maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a competitor, Erica Braun. She's in the age group ahead. I know you know of her because she swam terrific all that weekend. And I know when she was training for Olympic trials, she had posted several no breath, 50 freestyle meters, you know, to qualify. And I was very impressed with her work. <laughs> yeah, she's swimming really fast. Yeah, she's amazing. She's definitely a rock star and a role model for all of us. We, we aspire to be that fast. Yeah, she's, she's been on the podcast um, early, early days in the podcast. Yeah. And um, yeah, I loved, I loved hearing all about what she does and the preparation that she approaches everything with. So, yeah, she's... Yeah, everybody has their own um, meet strategies and what they, you know, how they do their training for big meets like that. She, I'm sure she's dialed hers in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned you had two relays. You didn't swim any of the other 50-metre races at US Spring I, I swam 50-metre breaststroke. Oh, okay. Yep, and I... Um, how did I do in that one? Did I get second or third? I can't... I think third maybe second. I can't remember. Um, and I didn't swim. I swam 100 IM. Um, and I was going to swim the 100 breaststroke, but my shoulder was bothering me so much that I, and I had the 50 right after I thought, you know, I probably have one more race in before this really starts being bothersome. So I just picked the 50 freestyle. Um, and then what else did I do? Oh, I had to leave. I couldn't stay for Sunday's events. That's what happened. I had to go to a work event. So I was like, why didn't I swim more? But I had two other relays and I did well in those relays. So that was good. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And you mentioned that you you probably would, weren't as happy with your, your dive and your turn. So what, yeah. what sort of will you do moving forward to, to work on those? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I think the national meet gave me a lot of, clarity on what's been missing this year even as we started resting you know tapering I became really aware that we have not done a lot of things um, either one because of the practice time that we're allotted or two because we've been hit or miss with how strange COVID's made our work lives and things like that um, I felt I guess there's a couple of things my I felt like um the quality racing practice that we've done in the past um, hadn't been as consistent. It, it was there through some of our practices. We were always doing fast things. But I think as a sprinter, I especially need to repeat, 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 repeat those kinds of races in a, a long repetition of practice. So I'd like to, uh, for example, um, we would do maybe two or four 100s on three minutes or so in a row, uh, maybe two stroke and two freestyle. And then we would do two, four, six, eight, you know, fifties on maybe two minutes or one minute and 30 seconds. We would do that as a, a set 
um, prior to all this COVID stuff. And, and we hadn't been doing that. So I tried <laughs> as nationals approached and I became aware that this was a problem. I tried to amp that up and I, I'm glad I did it because I know even the little bit that I changed my training at least got my mentality into that race focus. But that's what I'll do. I will be spending more time doing that quality repeats on longer intervals with um, longer rest and much faster swimming because I didn't practice my 100% all out sprinting enough. Um, I will do them from a dive, not from a push because as much as everybody says it doesn't matter, it matters. It does so, matter. <laughs> yeah. And I need to repeat when I'm tired. So I need to do more and more starts. I did. Um, I think some of the, even the holding, you know, a streamline, I think I dove in once during the nationals meet and I was like, oh my goodness, that was like a body problem. Like I, it hurt almost, yes, you know, to yes. dive that rigorously. So I said, I need to practice that. Um, I think even just doing those small, you know, six starts in a row at the end of practice before we leave or six turns or something yeah. to sharpen it at race pace, not just, hello, I'm swimming a 200, blah, 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 who cares? You know, really the focused turns. I coaches say this all the time that every turn you do should be, you know, focused, but I don't swim every turn at full out speed. So I, I want to do more of that at speed work for sure. Yeah. I think that that's really great advice to everyone listening out there because I, I agree. We had our nationals the week before you um, and I thought I'd put in some sort of, I mean, I did have a few gaps out of the water over the last two years, um, but I thought I'd put in enough quality work to at least be okay in my 50s. But it was the things like the dive that I didn't practice enough of and I, I just, uh, I really did a, a pretty bad dive in my, we had 25 metre freestyle and I completely forgot to do an underwater. I don't know what I was thinking. I just came up and started swimming and I looked back at the video and I thought, what, what was I doing? And I'm actually good at that. Why didn't I do that? I was terrible. That first race to, um, at our pool, you know, you haven't been to some of these pools, right? So you get in and warm up and get to know the pool a little bit. But I got up onto my specific block and the whole block was doing this, you know, like it wasn't tight. And I thought in my mind, like this heat before I thought, oh my goodness, this black is going to totally shift when I dive from it. Um, and so, yep, I took my mark and everything and it of course shifted. And by the time I got my head back together, I just was flailing. Like I couldn't, I had no focus whatsoever. I thought, what are you doing? Start to do a race, please. Now you're just spinning everywhere. So it, it did, it threw me off. And they had these lights on the, front of the block, you know, for visually impaired swimmers, but also to help you have your faster reaction time, which could be very helpful. But for someone like me with a very distractible personality, <laughs> I, so I went down, I can't dive down because here you won't see me, but I took my mark and there's this little ribbon of lights and they went green like that. And I literally in my head, like Dory from Finding Nemo, I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all of those little things that you must practice, you really must practice. Yes. So that's my plan. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I think more race practice at, at that race pace is definitely something to take into the next competition. And what, what kind of goals have you got 
heading into over the next year? Do you see yourself going to the FINA Worlds in Japan next year? That sounds so glorious, doesn't it? Um, I think it will come down to what's going on at work and, you know, maybe the financial stuff. I have a daughter who is graduating this year and she's going into medical school. So that's on our plate a little bit. Um, and I have another daughter who's a freshman in college. And then um, Steve's got two kids, too, who we're all watching their college life. So if it works with that, we'd consider it, I think. Um, I think my goals for this next year are to really shape it up. It's starting to feel so good, like practice is normal again. And we might have these opportunities to just be consistent and, you know, do the work that you and I have already talked about. Um consistency in the weight room, consistency at the pool with the kind of training. And I, we get, like I said, we get there four or five or six times a week, but I'm more meaning the consistent aerobic practice that I like, the consistent sprint practice that I like, you know, a, a stroke work practice, the, the amount of breaststroke kick that's required of a breaststroker, yes. you know, we've just been hit or miss on that kind of thing. So I, I might actually have to go back to keeping a journal of what we've done so I can have a better mental clarity of, oh yeah, I haven't sprinted like that this week, or we only did a few yards of breaststroke kick or whatever the case might be. I think that real focus awareness about the training is is one of my bigger goals and then i'm pretty sure um steve's going to swim a couple meets this summer um but i'll be ready for next year's nationals because it's here in irvine actually so it's going to be right at our home pool wow so that's um another spring nationals and that's yes spring nationals Mm -hmm. yeah i don't generally go to the summer nationals only because of the kids schedule stuff um but for sure, the spring nationals again. But I'll be ready next time. Those blocks and all those starts, they're not going to get me. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's great. So I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast um, five fast favorite swimming questions. So the first thing that pops into your head, question number one, no pressure. <laughs> What's the favorite pool that you've ever swum at? I'm going to say San Antonio and we just ran there for nationals. It may not have been the best um, this last time, but the first time that I swam there, I really, really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. And favorite race suit. Oh, I used to love those blue 70 suits. Um, You know, it just had a great fit for me. It was, I don't remember what they called the first one that came out in like 2009 or something like that. But it, yeah, that one was a, it had a great fit for my, my person. So that's that what I would say that's that one. Favorite. And what's your favorite pre-race meal? Oh, pasta, always <laughs> pasta, lots of noodles, oh, anything noodly. <laughs> what's your favorite freestyle drill? Oh, that's a good one. Um, not very fast. This is the first one that came to mind and I have been doing it a lot. It's actually from a coach at Elmbrook. His name is Brent Bach. And he used to have the little kids do this, but it helps my freestyle. When you exit the water, you actually touch the back of your head before you enter again. And for whatever reason, it opens up that armpit for me and gets me a real high elbow. So it's like boink. <laughs> nice. Go through. Yeah, it works real well for me. So are you just touching your thumb or all your fingers? No, I touch my fingers. Kind of, it, and I'm sure it looks, I'm sure I think about it differently than it really looks. But yeah, you are touching the back of your cap before you enter the water with your fingertips. 
Nice. So you really have to get that rotation to get the, yeah. the elbow up. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So you're open, right? That elbow's open and it's real high and yeah. it gives you that stretch in the shoulders and pecs and everything. Mm -hmm. Nice. And what's your favorite training set? Your sort of your go-to that you love to do? Hmm. I'm going to go back to those sprint repeats on that. Um, I think that if I, if I just had to repeat like maybe two 100s and then maybe eight 50s in a row from the block, you know, three minutes on the hundreds and two minutes on the fifties. I don't really love that set, but I love that set. <laughs> you know, something where you're just go, 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 go. I, I think that is a really good one. That's nice. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Trina, for joining us today on the podcast. It's been really, really lovely getting to know you and um, hearing about your swimming journey. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, Danielle. I hope I wish you great luck and, and good swimming. Thank you. Same with you. Okay, well, take care. And hopefully, if I can get to California next year, I'll see you at the Spring Nationals. That would be wonderful. We'd love to have you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. take care. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for listening into the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Trina and learning what she does in her training and racing to take away to your own program. Apologies for a few sound glitches that we had today. Unfortunately, that sometimes happens. We'll put a link to Trina's Swimmer's Edge Yoga in the show notes for you to investigate. Also, don't forget to check out our new website and sign up to our newsletter. You'll find the home of our podcasts at the website information about news and master swimming, training and competitions both in the pool and open water, and interesting blogs and swimmer-specific dryland Pilates tips. You can check it all out at www.torpedoswimtalk.com. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.